Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your Good evening, race fans. Welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network, and welcome to the Drafting the Circuits program. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we talk about this past week race, and we preview uh, the Fourth of July weekend, uh, where we've got a lot of we've got a lot of racing on deck, um, nationally and internationally, to talk about. So, joining me in the studio, Richard Uden and Louise Torres, fellas, how we doing? Good, thank you. Not too bad, honestly. Just slowly but surely getting my foot to get together to get this photo business go launched. All right, so let's go. um. <laughs> so uh, Richard, I know that you yeah. are uh, taking some time out of a busy day. You're getting you're packing your bags. You're getting ready to head yep. over the, head over to the pond for the UK. Uh, so yep. uh, you know we'll probably let you go halfway through the show so you can get to packing the bags. Uh, so your wife doesn't have to, <laughs> your good. wife doesn't have to do all the work, right? So, but uh, no. yeah, so you're heading to the UK <laughs> this weekend. Yep. Form, Formula One is in Silverstone, uh, which are, is yeah. you're at home Grand Prix. You've been there a number of times, yep. uh, both Many as times, a, yeah. both as a spectator uh, and as a. Uh, you know, as a member of the of a Formula One team, so uh, yep. yeah, let's talk yeah, about yeah. Silver Silverstone is one of the great old events on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had yep. a Br- we've had a British Grand Prix as long as we've had uh, the modern championship, yep. and even longer. Um, yeah, Lewis yeah. Hamilton has ruled that thing lately. Um, you know, with a few exceptions, yeah. uh, he's obviously the hometown favorite. Uh, but but you figure his, <laughs> his teammate at Mercedes right now. Also a Brit who's got to be favored as well. And he's a uh, uh, good old George Russell's having a pretty consistent season, uh, although oh, th- yeah. they've not been contending for wins. Um, no. So is is perhaps Silverstone a place where Mercedes can change their fortunes or should we just hope for a podium? Well, I, I think, you know, Nigel Mansell used to say that the British fans were worth, you know, what was it, half a second a lap or something. Now, I don't think it's quite on that level, but certainly um, the support that, that Lewis gets is is on the same level that, you know, Max gets when they'd race in Holland and, uh, you know, Alonso gets in Spain and Seb gets in Germany and uh, the Ferrari drivers get in Italy, you know, independent, irrelevant of their nationality. So I think it's... Um, Certainly, a huge, um, you know, motivating factor for them. Whether, but also to the same extent, it's a motivating factor for guys like Max and Charles to to to, to beat them, you know, to, on the on the home turf, and and also with a you know, so many of the teams being based in the UK, you know, I mean, Aston Martin is in Silverstone, you know, they literally you, where the old um, Abbey chicane was and the Abbey. Uh, and the bridge curve, if, if you turn left at bridge rather than right, you'd be in the Aston Martin factory um, across the road there. So, you know, and you've got, um, you know, obviously Mercedes are in Brackley. McLaren's there. Yeah, McLaren's a little bit further south. Uh, you know, Red Bull are in Milton Keynes, which is, you know, probably another 15 miles east of Silverstone. So, Maybe a little bit further, but yeah, a lot of teams in the area. So a lot of a lot of the fans, a lot of friends, family, people who are, are very invested in the sport will will be there. So it's always a great occasion from that extent. And and as you mentioned, it's a you know a classic old school circuit. I mean, my grandmother during the Second World War was actually evacuated to uh, that part of the country, only a few miles from Silverstone, and she still tells remembers these times when 
she would just walk through the fields and climb over some hay bales and be sat on the edge of the track watching the old uh, sort of BRMs and cars like that drive past back in the in the in the sort of late forties and early fifties. So uh, you know, it's certainly got a steeped in history that event. Um, but it's one of the. But it's not just that. You know, a lot of tracks have that. Monica has that, for example. But but Silverstone is something a little bit more. Silverstone is a, um, to my mind, a true test of the car. Um, there's there's three or four circuits that I'd put in that category. And Suzuka being another one of them, and and Spa being another that that really test every facet of the car. You you look at those fast sweeping corners. Uh, you know, cops. Maggots, Beckett's, Chapel, you know, they are phenomenal corners to, to, to watch. And for the drivers, you know, it, that, that section of the track really stands out to them. And, and if you're ever lucky enough to go there, just stand, you know, standing around the side of the track there, especially in that section of the, of, of, of the track to watch, watch the cars, um, you know, perform at the, the height of their, capabilities you know not just the drivers but um you know one of my favorite places to, to watch a, a grand prix car in the world that i've ever been looking up to see one is from the spectator stand um at the old first corner cops if you you stand there and you're actually a little bit below the track surface so you can't really see the track and you just if you look at the cars coming straight towards you at probably 170 miles an hour the the sudden direction change is is breathtaking and it it defies logic you just cannot imagine how a car can do that at that speed change direction so fast and maintain balance it's if anybody ever gets that opportunity just stand at that corner for for, for 10 minutes just watching the cars let's say that that instantaneous change of direction and again because you can't see the track so you don't know when it's going to happen it it it, it's amazing and uh yeah one of the great great classic circuits and um yeah it's going to be a great race really especially with these ground effect cars it could be phenomenal you know watching allowing the cars to run a little bit closer through cops maggots beckett's chapel that you know those sort of corners um in the new abbey corner and farm you know there's high speed almost high speed chicanes to see if the cars can follow that little bit closer it's going to be uh, hopefully phenomenal racing and who do we who do we tend to favor on this type of track? Obviously, Red Bull is the favorite wherever they I go. Think so yeah, they, they, they seem to be we'll... they seem to be banging on all cylinders at at every track. And even even when they they falter a little bit, they they seem to have uh, Lady Luck on their side uh, to a certain extent. Like when we have yeah. uh, double double uh, DNFs out of Ferrari on on a day where yeah. where maybe the Red Bulls were outclassed. So they are. Uh, I mean, yeah, you look at. You look at Baku, you look at Silverstone, you look at places like that. You know, yeah, you're quite right. You know, the the Ferraris, you know, did have the uh, sorry, Barcelona, Barcelona, Baku, Monaco, where Ferrari trip up. Red Bull are there to to sort of pick up the pieces. Um, and I think in general, I think over one lap, I think Ferrari, especially Charles Leclerc, does have that pace over over one lap. But I think you look at the race performance and the the effect over the, the 40 or 50 laps, whatever it is at Silverstone this weekend. Um, you know, Red Bull do seem to have that little bit better race pace and can manage the tyres a little bit better. And, um, you know, they're a little bit kinder on the tyres than Ferrari seem to be. And and they seem to have the ability to, um, you know, put pressure on the Ferrari. You know, Ferraris are still making those little mistakes here and there. So, you know, you're not, you don't always have that rear gunner like Red Bull seem to do. Your Checo has really stepped up this for the last year, you know, uh, since he won his first race. I think he was in Baku last year, wasn't it? You know, he's really stepped up and he's now that great foil for Max and he's there and thereabouts. So he, you know, that allows Red Bull to force the hand of Ferrari on the strategy calls. So, and, and Carlos Sainz just isn't quite doing that. And that's what you need to, to, to be dominant in that way. Um, so I think it's going to be a fascinating race, um, but I would, I would give Red Bull the edge, and I think the Mercedes will be. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I think the Mercedes will be snapping at the heels a little bit. I think they'll find something. They'll try and pull out the stops for this weekend. You know, given the drivers obviously in there, they're also there vicinity to the to the track. Um, 
you know, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. But I think they'll be a little bit off the pace, just not quite there, but maybe closer than we've seen them before. No, it's kind of kind of been the story of their season, just a little bit, you know, just missing a little something, you know. So yeah, uh, I don't yeah, think it's... you'll I don't think you'll see the issues like you saw in you know Jeddah at the start of the year and places like that. Um, you know, the, obviously the whole porpoising thing and and some of the um, steps they took to prevent that at, at uh, Montreal, obviously, Chris excuse me, created a little bit of a, you know, ooh, you know, legality question. But um, it's going to be fascinating to see where we go, um, you know, through this weekend. And then and then into Austria the following weekend, you know, it's another back-to-back week um, of, of, of racing. So it's, uh, you know, we're already, what, two-thirds or a third of the way through the season. So it's, it's you know, getting getting to the, 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 the meaty part of the season, really. No more, especially from Ferrari's perspective, no, no room for... for, for trip ups anymore oh yeah absolutely yeah ferrari they're there if they fall any farther behind you just might as well hand them the trophy to max right now so so uh louise anything to add about silverstone this weekend i'd be curious to see how how red bull do perform because of course silverstone was the side where the madness really began a year ago with lewis hamilton Ever step, and of course, we're probably not going to see that. The question remains: How will Hamilton do? Of course, he's fresh off a podium, but it's how the car is going to behave on him because there's been that discrepancy that he's been dealing with a lot of pain in his body with that car. That even some people are looking at whether or not if Hamilton should carry on or not, because you always have those erroneous comments all the time from people about Lewis Hamilton, like Bernie Ecclestone's usually said something about how he should not be too stagnant about it. He should be more aggressive, like don't settle and all of that, like the complacency levels. And then there's a story that just came out from last year of a three-time world champion Nelson Piquet that is far more erroneous and ridiculous to the point that makes me wonder how he's how all the multi-time world champions are revered, but nobody acknowledges or even mentions the three-time world champion in Nelson BK. There's probably stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah. So let's, well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and... Well, I just quickly wanted to, to go back onto the Hamilton thing and the, and the, you know, the comment you made there, Louis, about, uh, you know, the pain that he's encountering. And yeah, yes, yeah. I, I think it's, it, you know, obviously these cars are uncomfortable to drive. I think every, um, every, every driver has made those comments. But I don't think he'd be making the same comments if he was winning the championship or leading every, you know, or competing every week. I think this is, as Christian Horner said, you know, you would, if you were um, Toto or, you know, you wanted to try and get some of these regulation changes to help benefit their car's performance, you would be bitching on the radio every, you know, every race about how uncomfortable and painful it is to drive and, oh, I'm going to lose, I'm going to crash out here, oh, I can't drive the car. You know, no, those sure. are, you know, so I, I don't know whether it's as, is it really as bad as they're making it out to be? I don't know. I don't want to obviously say that they're making a meal of it, but I would question that if it's undrivable, like they seem to claim it is. Russell would not be getting these top fives all season. No, exactly. Exactly. And to turn around and say it's, you know, it's undrivable or it's dangerous. Jeez, well, guys, it's Formula One. It's not exactly meant to be, you know, a, a kid's playground here where you've got, you know, padded, padded, you know, floor if you fall off a slide. You know, if these are Formula One cars, they are dangerous, period. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I mean, honestly, so, at the end of the day, you, you could say, Lewis, you know, if our, this car is so uncomfortable to drive, why don't we just put you in the hospital for the weekend? And, uh, you know exactly see see how it so feels, it's really feels like. to be yeah. at, at the back of the grid so but yeah i, I think like yeah. to, to your point uh a winning car always feels good you know takes some of the pain away uh, you, you know i think of different situations where guys have worked through some incredible pain uh with a winning car and and one of the ones that comes to mind is like joseph newgarden winning at, at iowa with a broken wrist um, yep. and, um, a couple other ones, even golly, even, uh, the aforementioned Nelson Piquet, I, I remember him, uh, winning a championship and then, uh, 
collapsing collapsing immediately of heat exhaustion and and that yep. whole sort of thing. So so yeah. So when, well, when, the, when, when yeah when the car is when the car is good, it's easy to work through that. But when 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 your day is already ruined by having a car that's not up to the level that you feel it should be, everything is a little worse. Yeah, I remember when you had old uh, you know Schumacher, you know had to drive to not win in Malaysia in his first race back with the broken leg. You know, it was incredible. Yeah, because of uh, Eddie Irvine being in the title mix. Yeah, you know he, right, he literally right, yeah. had to uh, had to not not you know he had to drive slowly not to win. It was phenomenal. You know he got he was on pole by a second or something, wasn't he? But uh, I digress. Anyway, yes, yeah. So anyway, so uh, uh, Louise, you did mention Nelson PK, and and the story you're referring to is uh, it's a, an interview that was recorded, I believe, back in November. Right, right yeah. toward towards the end of the season, where um, yeah, PK, PK Hamilton of Verstappen, huh? Yep. So and and PK uh, had used a racial slur, a Portuguese racial slur, uh, to refer to Hamilton. Um, and of course, uh, you know, PK is connected to Verstappen in the fact that PK's daughter is engaged to Max Verstappen. So uh, used so, to be Danny Kvyat, wasn't it? She's, she's yeah, got a kid with Danny Kvyat. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, that's going through the whole Red Bull driver lineup there. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Gasly missed out. Um, so, yeah, but um, yeah. So so now you know Nelson's under fire, and and um, there's some folks that are defending him, saying that the particular word he used uh, in Brazil can go either way. It can be a, a slur, but it can also be um, used as a, something you call your buddies. But uh, it's no secret that PK and Hamilton are not buddies. So so I can't imagine that um, PK was using that in that context. Uh, but either way, everybody's condemning Nelson now. And, and to your point, Louise, yeah, nobody likes the guy to begin with. I mean, he uh, uh, he's not made a lot of friends along the way. I, I mean, yeah, you could talk to Salazar Sal- and Nigel Mansell. John Watson uh, just straight up says the guy's an asshole. Um, Nigel butted heads with him often when they were teammates at Williams. So, uh, and, and again, is another. It's like like you know, it's Eccleston Eccleston making comments or Jacques Villeneuve always needs to chime in on current Formula One. You know what I mean? It's like if dude, you haven't been been relevant in uh, in a while. So uh, you know, this is not the best way to get your name in the news. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, whatever it may be, correct me if I'm wrong, Richard. When Hamilton was in GP2, was it Nelson Jr. also around GP2 at that point, too? Was he in the same? Yeah, there would have been, there would have been in the, sa- the same era, definitely, as drivers yeah. for sure, as in coming through the junior ranks. But you know, I, I think Nelson, unfortunately, his, his card was marked, um, you know, with the whole Renault. Um, yeah, the whole you know, debacle uh, in in Singapore, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, they're, they're certainly of a similar um, similar vintage. If, excuse me, if you like, um, a bit mid two thousands, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to check. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it was Hamilton that won the championship from PK uh, in in twenty two thousand and six. Yeah. Um, because so, was, yeah, well, I mean, you know, Nelson, Nelson Jr. hadn't made a lot of friends along the way either. Yeah. No. Well, uh, well, wasn't he the guy yeah. that uh, during a was a, either a truck race or an Xfinity race? Xfinity uh, with Brian Scott at Richmond. Yeah, kicked a guy in the nuts after the race. Yeah, the same way because that did to Salazar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but anyway, but but to uh, you know, the whole point of the thing is again, and you know, Hamilton has a really good point that that uh, the mindset needs to change. You know, where you can't just throw out these slurs when you want to refer mm-hmm. to somebody you know what i mean you can you can 
uh, comment about a guy's driving all day long, you know, or, or, or the fact you don't like the guy or his personality or, you know, you'd say he's but, but, but to, just to throw a racial slur in there, there's there's no need for it or no sense in it. And, and again, you know, to those trying to defend PK and saying that, oh, the slur wasn't meant in that light, I'd, I have a hard time believing that just because of the, yeah. you know, the, the aforementioned animosity right there. So, yeah. But anyway, but that's but that's a minor story in the yeah. in the, in the scheme of things in the racing world, but uh it's made a little news, so uh for sure. But, and, but we we did. Yeah, go ahead, Louise. And also speaking in light of that, uh, Yuri Vist has been terminated from Red Bull and not that like hours after the PK thing kind of blew up, then Red Bull decided to terminate Yuri from his contract completely. Yeah, that's probably not yeah. a surprise. Again, he was he 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 was not a top performer, no. So, so which made, made made him a whole lot more expendable and or vulnerable, and and you know, um, you know Kyle Larson being sit down for a year was one thing, uh, but this guy this guy is you know likely career over you know, yep. so or or he'll end up somewhere else, uh, you know, racing stock cars in Brazil. I don't know. So, but uh, let's talk about uh, NASCAR. NASCAR was at uh, Nashville, all three series, right? Yep. And uh, the, the Nashville Super Speedway, but you know, the funny thing is that they ended up with that race almost by default because they were really looking at uh, going to the fairgrounds raceway, but they were not able to put all that together. So now we're in our second year of going to uh, the Nashville Super Speedway. Which is an interesting track. It's it's not quite a mile, you know, and it's 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 concrete. It doesn't have a ton of seating there. I think there's only thirty five thousand permanent seats there, but they you know they have these uh, temporary grandstands they put up for the Cup weekend. So that I think they use those temporaries for the street circuit as well. I believe. Uh they may. Yeah, they they may in fact do that. So. But um, at the end of the day, at the end of a very, very long day, I want to say the the time from green flag to checker was just a little at right at seven hours. Yeah, it was seven due hours. To, uh, lightning strikes and rain delays. And, and I think we still didn't get the whole race distance in. No, they got it in. They got all 300 laps in just a three hour combined total delay of the first one lasting half an hour just for lighting, and then the other one went. No, was it? No, it was about an hour, and then the other one was like about two or three. I, I've lost track when it comes to reflex when there's long. I lose yeah, track. yeah. I was gonna say I want to say the the lightning one. I think the rule on lightning is if there's a strike within seven miles of the track, it's a minimum forty five minute delay. Thirty or, or okay, but from the last lightning strike. Yeah, and it's got to run the whole clock down. If another one comes along, they have to reset it, it starts, back to starts, starts again. Right, right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, NASCAR has got to be real careful with that because if, if you recall several years ago, NASCAR was the target of a lawsuit where some fans were, I think there were nine people injured and one person actually lost their life uh, when there was some lightning at Pocono. Yep, a decade uh, ago, the yep. Yep. One. So, so that's that was really the impetus for that rule. And yeah, you got to be, you know, to the point. You know, you got all them <laughs> stainless steel grandstands, which are essentially lightning rods. You know, when you get lightning in the area, even if it's seven miles away, uh, the, the the good thing to do is get those folks out of those stands. So, yeah, there's a reason you. There's nothing you can do about it. It's like as soon as there's lightning, you get one yellow lap, and then take shelter and all that stuff. Off. Yeah, and this is this is not just NASCAR. This is you know across the board in in most sports with large outdoor audiences that they have the yeah. same sort of rules. So even yeah. though some people were like, "Well, why it's so far away?" Well, you know, um, you won't want to be. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't want to be the guy struck by lightning. So, but at the end of the day, it was Chase Elliott with the win. Yeah, uh, even after a day where the Toyota cars were very dominant, um, Elliott was right there. At the right time, right place to pick up the win. So uh, let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, you can thank you can thank in a way 
No, I'm not going to that route. But let's go to the route I will discuss about. It was a Joe Gibbs dominance. Like between Kyle Bush, Martin Truex Jr., and Danny Hamlin, they led a combined total of 250 of 300 laps. 250 of 300. They led all but 50 laps. And out of the three, Danny Hamlin finished sixth. Kyle Bush and Martin Truex Jr., because they decided to pit in the final caution when, after Josh Balicki blew an engine. They decided to risk it all and go for fresh tires, thinking it's going to work. That did not work too well because you had guys on colder tires not getting off, notably Brad Keselowski, kind of stalwart everything, bunch up the whole field. Not necessarily just Brad, there were other drivers, but Brad kind of became the focal point a while I'll discuss very shortly. Bush and Truex, rather than getting, uh, fighting for the winner of top five, they risked something and they completely backfired to where he got non-top 20 results, whereas Hamlin was able to find his way through it okay, but nowhere near in contention for the win. So, you gotta think that this one has to be absolutely frustrating for Gibbs to not have the results that they they provided on the track, because it, it was difficult to get through Gibbs that night. Chase Elliott showed up at the right time. He was there. He was ahead and probably in route of his in route to victory. Regardless, had the caution not come up for Bilicki blowing the motor. And then with Keslowski, he got, a, got in a bad situation because of the cold tire, older tires. And then he, there was contact between he and Cole Custer that sent Keslowski to the wall. He tried to bring it to paper, but could because there were still cars going by. He had a flat tire and pretty much limped the whole way through the final three laps. There was no yellow, which Elton Sawyer, one of the competition directors of NASCAR, former Bush Grand National driver in the, back in the day, pretty much implied that it's a judgment call. This one's completely, yeah, there's a judgment call, which I can understand because there was no debris, but Kasaska was completely off the pace. Compared to Derek Cope at Daytona in the duels last year, Kasaska kept on the backstretch, you saw on the last lap visibly that he was kind of like at an absolute snail space riding through the grass just to get out of the heart, get out of harm's way. And once he got out of the way, they felt like NASCAR decided there's no reason to pull the yellow. And of course, because Elliott won, you have people out there yapping as always. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't see the end of the race because it was like two o'clock in the morning or something, but <laughs> yeah, I did you know, read a lot of comments about, uh, and so, so the 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 problem was that we didn't throw yellow at the end. We just left Brad out there going way off the pace. Yeah. So, yeah, that's again like to your point, the race director judgment call. But uh, it, yeah, so is that is that is that really safe to leave a guy out there? I mean, should, should Brad have just gone to the pits instead of limp, trying to limp that many laps? To the end, yeah. So, but the world will never know. He couldn't cause... get. He couldn't because there were still cars going by, and so he right, was right, a, yeah. On the bind, he could have probably make the hard left turn, but I don't think there's a wall opening where at the end of pit road to do so. And if he did pull it backwards, I probably might have had to wave a yellow because the car is backwards. Right. So Chase Elliott solidly in the in the lead for the points, got the most playoff points at the moment. Yeah, um, he's the regular two, season two wins on the season. Leader. Yep. So uh, uh, even even though it's it seems feels like he's been kind of quiet this year, but uh, but 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 here he is, you know, quietly kind of in control of the point standings. So uh, yeah, he's got a thirty point thirty point lead over Ross Chastain and an next and an additional point over Ryan Blaney for the regular season. Which people would say it's the regular season. Who cares? Here's the only reason why, like, the regular season title is a, is big picture. You get 15 playoff points. Right now, Elliott has 13 playoff points, which is more than anybody else as a result of the win. If he were to get those 15 points, if say if he doesn't get, if he wins the regular season championship, doesn't win any any stations or win at all, and it gets very a seesaw, then he'll get 28 playoff points, which more than likely, depending how guys like Chastain and others win if they do he might go in with the you may go into the round of 16 with a pretty decent points lead not a whole lot to start off but it's bragging rights well yeah but if you I mean if you're ahead of the other guys in points you know you're, you're starting to leg up 
Yeah. You know, so and the, the funny thing is that you know, NASCAR made a they tried to make a deal out of the regular season champion, but nobody really having any of it. Even the drivers, you know what I mean? I remember the first their first regular season champion was uh, Martin Truex, right? Mm-hmm. And he really didn't seem to be too enthused about winning that because he knew that, that you know, the, the work has just begun. It's playoff time. So, and that's literally a bit of a meaningless thing. And, and none of the drivers have really embraced it. Right. Who was the regular season champion last year? Uh, I might have think it was Kyle. Well, not a mm-hmm. hundred, and not entirely sure. And that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, see, what, as see well. what I mean? That's that's the thing. You're not even entirely sure Grant, why. Yeah, I know Grant no, Hidfiger no... was in the truck series, but that's about the. I couldn't tell you the year exactly. It might have been 2020 or, or last year. Who, who's to say? Right, and then wasn't uh, Danny Hamlin a regular season champion one year? But but again, you don't you know, no, see no nobody tracks those stats or they do. You just have to look at it and refresh your and refresh the memory yeah, bank. Yeah, but it's not that they, they NASCAR has failed to make a big deal about awarding a championship for the regular season champion. Because, yeah, it just because, automatically again grants you a berth because I know in the truck series last year, I believe, or the year before. One of the last couple of years where there was a situation where there were so many regular season winners to where the championship leader, Grant Enfinger, people were thinking, what if Grant Enfinger, what if there's 11 different winners and Grant Enfinger wins, takes the regular season championship? Would he miss the playoffs because of it? No, the regular season champion is granted no matter what in the postseason, what, whether you have a win or not. The, Luckily, in that scenario, there were it didn't exceed ten winners, over ten winners. So, and figure was solidly in regardless. Yeah, it's all interesting stuff. So, we are off to Road America next for the Cup Series. Yep, even which, though my heart which, wishes it was at Daytona, but that's a yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. You you know we're all I know should be should be the Firecracker Four Hundred, right? No, I know. But, but, uh, Road but Amer- I still stand by Road America is not a bad choice for a 4th of July race. It makes more sense in the you have your longest tr- circuit of the year as your 4th of July weekend event. It's unique in its own, even though I from what I heard from a from a Wisconsin native said they're not too keen of that idea. And I think it's probably because of how it's close within Road America IndyCar. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The time yeah, road yeah, because yeah, Road America was there what uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago? Two weeks ago, the same weekend. And, and there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of Midwesterners too, or people that live kind of in that area and in between that are not really thrilled that. And these are folks that like um, all forms of racing uh, that they have to choose between going to Mid Ohio to see the IndyCars or going to uh-huh, yeah, that, Road America that yeah. to, Road America to see the NASCAR. And I've got you know I've got some good friends of mine that live up there in, you know, Ohio and Indiana and, and Illinois that are, that are just, you know, they, they've been conflicted because that number one is the first time for the cup cars at road America. Right. But the, but the Indy cars, you know, are probably realistically going to put on a better show. Uh, but um, road America is also a much cooler track to visit than mid Ohio. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's it's like they for for that that core part of the country that that there's so many people enjoy both styles of racing. It's really it's 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 a conflict. Ah, golly, do I want to go to Road America and, and catch the Cup cars on their debut, or do I want to go to Mid Ohio where I've gone you know year after year after year? So, uh, but yeah, yeah but, just- but both you know both are going to be pretty exciting to watch this weekend. And and the you know we've seen the Xfinity guys put on a pretty darn good show at Road America. Yeah, and, for the uh, most part, as long as you're not the recipient of a Jock Villeneuve episode back in the day. 
back in the day. Yeah. So, but, 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 but overall pretty good show. And it's, uh, you know, it's exciting for the folks in the area. It's exciting for the local business. And we not to get a, to get a NASCAR cup date, you know, cause, uh, you know, cup tends to gravitate towards larger population centers since, you know, they started, you know, dinging tracks off the schedule, like, you know, Rockingham and Wilkesboro, uh, they've tended to gravitate towards larger population centers. When you figure, you know, road America is kind of in the sticks. Now, mind you, it's not ridiculously far from Milwaukee, Green Bay, or even Chicago, but it's definitely, it's definitely in a remote area. And it, it, uh, you know, much in the same way Watkins Glen is, but, you know, Watkins Glen has some nice proximity to Philadelphia and New York City. Um, but, yeah, it'll be fun to watch because, you know, again, you know, what driver uh, worth their salt wouldn't like to run a Road America? It's a driver's favorite track, and I'm sure some of these cup guys that have never driven there are just really chomping at the bit looking forward to the opportunity. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 there's not much of a circuit out there these days that kind of has like a bit of the old school road racing configuration. As a matter of fact, I don't think it's ever changed as much when you really think about I think there was like an aerial map from like 56. If you compare it to today, not uh, nothing, not much has changed. It, 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 well, we've seen so many road courses that kind of look similar or longer. They condense it or they add a chicanes for safety purposes. But Road America is steadily stay consistent it's you got your high speeds and low speeds you've got to have to be on it if you skip a beat it's going to be consequential no matter what racing discipline it is like what we saw in indycar just to say what will happen it'll happen in a stock car yeah i mean you've got you've got a lot of really high speed corners and high speed straightaways and you've got uphill downhill and and then just and just a beautiful idyllic setting you know so it's i think that the um the cup drivers are going to fall in love with this. Um, you know, whether or not the uh, road America fans fall in love with the cup series, I don't know, but you know, the X Xfinity's done pretty well with the tennis out there. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, I think it's a win-win all around. Yeah. The big question is this next year, because this is a certain, this is the second straight year. The cup guys are going to road America, the third race overall. But the question remains after the fact is whether or not we'll see road America stay on the calendar. That's been the big wild rumor that it to be replaced by the Chicago street circuit or Chicago land may come back to the, to the fray. And my mind is that why would you want to get rid of road America? It's a, it's a very, it's, when you look at the other road courses, this one is very unique compared to all the other ones out there. And also as the unique nature that you have the longest track, be a road course, it is twice as long as almost twice as long as they Talladega. But and when it comes to old miles in length, it's a unique circuit. But like you talked about, Marcus seems like they're, they're still trying to reach the ideal marks. Like your LA with the Clash, which will be back in 2023 in the Coliseum, and then of course the Chicago Street Circuit is being talked about and heavily rumored. But yeah, the, 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 Road the, America, the hot rumor is that Kansas is going to lose a race. Yeah, in order and, for. And it's a little up in the air, whether it's Chicago Motor Speedway or Chicago Street Race, because uh, there's there's a little bit of conflicting information. But the, uh, the the word on the street is that if you're a Kansas ticket holder, that they're only letting you renew your tickets for the one race, that they're only selling tickets for one race next year. So that that pretty much tells you the story there that that Kansas is just going to be down to one race. Which is you know, not a bad thing, I, you know. For a long time, I thought I think it's it's fine. And that NASCAR doesn't race. doesn't need to visit certain tracks twice a year, you know. Um, if it's like the if if the fall cancer race is similar to what we saw in the spring, it's going to be fine with these cars. I think it'll be fine. I know it'll build special specialty to that one, kind of like how the Coke Six Hundred, how people revere it as the greatest NASCAR race in ages, or probably ever. Maybe it adds mystique to the 600 more because it's the one time they run the Charlotte Oval. And the Robo is this unique thing to where people wonder, should we get rid of the Robo to bring back another Oval date or no? And that's, a, that's another debate for itself. The big thing is have unique identity, unique tracks, and that's what they're going 
before. And I think his three circuit will feel very weird to me, at least. It's kind of like my little soapbox, like, like how we, how you poked fun of me about the Volkswagen thing, which it was, was warranted, to be honest. But the street course, like, I can understand. It's just a matter of would it work logistically, financially, and also for the community, which I know they're, they'll do their darnest community-wise. It's just when you look at certain venues, you, you ponder when it comes to street racing, is it, is it feasible? It's the same argument I have with IndyCar going to downtown again rather than Belle Isle. Yeah, you got to wonder because these street races tend to get taught, caught up in bureaucratic red tape. And, and then the other thing is the, the, the NIMBY mindset where, where we don't want that event in our backyard. Uh, this is the thing that killed the Grand Prix of Boston. It's the thing that killed the IndyCar race in Baltimore. Uh, it's it's the, it's the thing that, that killed the proposed Formula One Grand Prix uh, of New York, which was going to be held over the, you know, over the river in, in Jersey. Uh, the bureaucratic red tape and the, the, the permits and the people you need to pay off, uh, you know, whether they be <coughs> legal or illegal. Um, but yeah, and, and Chicago is, you know, it's, it's not a. It's not as, as easy as going to like IndyCar setting up in Nashville, you know, or Formula One setting up in Miami. You know, Chicago's a, a, an old city with a lot of a lot of politics in Chicago. Um, and so it'll be out. It'd be interesting to see if they can actually pull it off and if they pull it off to see how long they can actually sustain it. So because mm-hmm. we've talked, people have talked about getting a street race in Chicago, different series for for years and nothing's ever come to fruition you know we've had a couple of ovals there we had the the the, the little paper clip in, in cicero uh that was a monumental failure um closing up you know within four years of opening uh and then the chicago motor speedway which had a nice decent um lifetime but now it's kind of yeah it's right now there's no major events there so its future is in the in limbo they 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 may be bringing a race back there they may not i don't know there have been i know if i recall the drag strip was shut down and that yep mm -hmm. route 66 drag strip i don't know we'll see how we'll 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 see how it unfolds i think you also got to ponder the nostalgia pander the nostalgia or the how because the last two Chicagoland races were very memorable for the last few laps. People tend to forget the overall product was inconsistent. Are you, are you, are you talking are you talking the NASCAR races or the, the NASCAR races? In Chicago. Race, yeah. For talking about IndyCar, we could talk about no, it. I, mean, I was going to say, the, 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 the IRL put on some great no. show, shows in Chicago. Um, uh, you know, that's... Uh, yeah, you know, this day and age, all that that kind of uh, pack racing that we saw during that era, where we had all those really close finishes, um, yeah, that 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 era has come and gone. It's uh, yeah, I'm referring yeah. to that. since we're still talking about NASCAR, I'm referring to NASCAR, right, uh, right, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, Chicago Lamb was uh, pretty, and it's you know, it, it's not necessarily in Chicago; it's in Joliet, which is. Uh, a bit south of Chicago, which is why it's Chicago land and not Chicago Speedway. But, um, you know, it was it was much better than than that track that Chip Ganassi put in Cicero. Yeah, that's only known for a few things. Paul Tracy and Dara Franchitti tangling again. And the movie driven. Driven <laughs> and, and Kyle Busch almost winning that, that track when he was 16 years old. Yes, yes, yes. So Until the fuel ran dry and he... That was the last time he was the threat to win a race. And then not that long after, Cart, Marlboro, and Fontana happened to Kyle. All right. So before we move on and talk about the IndyCar race in uh, mid-Ohio coming up this weekend, let's uh, really quick tell me who the winners were for Trucks and Xfinity in Nashville. Yeah. Ryan Priest won back-to-back at Nashville. Those are the only tracks. The only track Priest has won so far in the truck series. Did it for David Gilliland Racing. Max Gutierrez got a top 10 in the Austin Wayne self-truck. He went down to Mexico to run the Mexico Series on Sunday. Xfinity, Justin Allgaier 
was victorious in Nashville. Not the first time he's did it, to my knowledge, but a he just pretty much JRM in general. You have it seems, they have been on a roll in Xfinity. They've been racking up stage wins. They've been getting wins then and there. But the big mystery is if you could talk, you could talk about it sort of. Then maybe we could see three JRM car, three JRM cars in a championship four. Time will tell if Sam Mayer will get it together and really step up his game. I know Mayer and Gibbs had another episode where there was some contact, but much tamer this time. So at least there's that. Of course, Chase Elliott won the cup race. And as far as Road America pick is concerned, Austin Sendrick. Ah, you just stole my pick, but uh, (laughs) I'll let you have it, uh, you know, because... yeah, Austin's not exactly been on fire the last couple of weeks, and he could really use uh, really use another win there. Make sure he's got enough points to to get into the playoffs. You know, should we have a uh, a few more winners? But uh, so since you took Chase, I like um, hmm. Cedric. I took. Yeah, you like Cedric Chase. Oh, I was thinking about taking Chase because he's been. Pretty, oh, okay. Oh, but, but he's not. You, no, no. I did say, yeah, you took. Uh, no, you took Austin Cindric. Um, shoot. Chase won last year at Road America. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll say I'll stick with Chase because he's. Uh, again, he's got good momentum coming out of Nashville. He's going to a place that he's won. He's he's uh, re- really in a nice place in the points. So uh, yeah, yeah. Why not Chase Elliott? So. All right, so let's uh, let's move on. We've got about uh, ten minutes left to talk about uh, IndyCars are heading to Mid Ohio uh, mm-hmm. after a couple of weeks off. There were some premature rumors that the Foyt was going to lose a car off of the grid um, with uh, uh, the eleven rocket. Yeah, Tatiana Calderon. Uh, evidently, Rocket has not been making all of their sponsor commitment payments on time, uh, but I guess they, they paid up some, so they will be in mid-Ohio, but the, the rest of her season is in a little bit of, uh, the season's in a little bit of doubt. Um, you know, Larry Foyt, earlier today, as a matter of fact, uh, was uh, doing a Q&A on the... Um, on their, on the AJ Foyt website, and he said that should something uh, more developed from this, that will seek try to seek additional funding. But at this stage in the year, it's very difficult. Uh, but uh, as we look at this thing, right? So Rocket, now they're a pretty cash rich company, right? The um, the the one owner, uh, John Paul. Uh, whatever his last name is, he's the guy that owns Patron, the uh, tequila. Uh, he's the one partner. And then the other partner, um, I'm trying to think of that guy's name. But 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 anyway, so Rocket makes consumer cell phones, right? They make, they make a pretty decent 3D phone, but they really haven't, you know, caught on like you don't you know like when you think about buying a phone you think about getting you an iphone or getting you a samsung galaxy or or something like that you don't think hey man let me get a rocket phone so but they also make energy drinks and and gin and vodka as a side hustle right they've got their hands in a lot of things yeah i think Uh, that i think that's one of the things that alexis de is involved as well I forget what exactly Alexa DeJoria is involved with. In this scenario, this is where Chris or Seth would correct me at this moment about DeJoria's role. But I know she was involved in something that when she went away for a few years, when she took her sabbatical from drag racing. But the whole thing about Rocket, it, it makes you wonder why Will makes you go back to what happened with Williams because they initially had Rocket in the cars. Exactly. That's where I was going with that. So Rocket had initially failed to make their sponsor payments to Williams and Williams ended up suing them. Williams ended up winning that lawsuit and getting a little bit of a $35 million windfall from rocket. Uh, so, but, but what I don't understand is if this is such a cash rich company, why are the payments not forthcoming? Okay. So the thing with, 
Williams would they say that Williams was had failed something on their end of the bargain and uh the the, the judge in the lawsuit felt otherwise so uh but 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 if you look at these kind of things right where you have say there was energy who was sponsoring Brian Herter's team several uh, back in 2014 2015 same thing with the sponsor payments not coming through the um United Fiber and Data who were sponsoring James Hinchcliffe uh, with Andretti Autosport. Mm -hmm. Same thing where we signed up for sponsorship and then never made the payments. So, uh, you know, I I, I kind of wonder how these things happen if, if these owners of these corporations that decide to sponsor lose interest or if there's really some that they feel there's a breach of contract that, that hey, I'm not seeing my guy win every week. I'm not going to pay you. You know, and and like like some people will say, contracts are made to be broken, but um, you know, it's just kind of uh, concerning at this point in time that uh, we're looking for you know three cars full time from the Foyt team all year long, and now suddenly one of them is in doubt. So it's just uh, yeah, it is weird that the. The co-share car of Calderon and Hildebrand is affected. Well, for Kyle Kirkwood, we could be thinking about him, but Kirkwood is going to Andretti next year, so he is, he's going to yeah, be Yeah, well, so, so well, Larry Foyt had said in his little talk today or the little thing they posted today that, that Kirkwood is expected to run the full season because he's not entirely funded by Rocket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, now, Kirkwood also, yeah, Kirkwood also brings the you know, his, uh, yeah, yeah, the scholarship in, money in, in yeah. Elite scholarship money. So that's that's already in uh, Larry and AJ's bank. So, uh, so he's safe, but Tatiana might be on the outside looking in unless she can help secure some funding, unless they can kind of patch things up with Rocket. But, uh, again, you know, Larry Ford is saying it's almost kind of a fluid situation that we're working with, and he said it's a difficult situation. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. The, the funny thing is, you've got. Uh, you know, guys jumping the gun and reporting things uh, that, that really are only sort of in the know. You know, you get guys like uh, Tony Donahue, who was reporting on Saturday or Sunday that the Foyt, you know, the Sunday night after Sunday, the yeah, the, 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 heard it. yeah, he said the 11 car is done for the season, which is, you know, turns out to be not the case. She's there in Ohio. Yeah, but know, we would so. find out we would have found out by now. If I really want to put my journalism caliber, I would have reached out to folks, Foyt's PR people and see what's what's the gist of it. But I got bogged, boggled with the other personal stuff that I didn't get the chance to, but I heard nothing through socials to, for it to hear otherwise. Yeah, but the long and short of it is that, you know, all the Foyt cars will be on the grid at Mid-Ohio. You know, they're all ready packed and heading up that way. Uh, so let's talk about the race. So uh, you got uh, Joseph Newgarden on a roll right now. Mm -hmm. You've got Scott Dixon, who's pulled mid-Ohio wins out of thin air time and time again. I think the man has, what, five or six wins in mid-Ohio, including one where he started last or, or dropped all the way to last and last to first. And also um, one where he had to fight hard to hold off Felix Rosenquist. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's where <laughs> him and Felix almost got into one another. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they, when he had that nice looking Clover car, Rosenquist, which I think was the only drove like that race only or twice. It's a nice looking livery. Good looking. Yeah. Black and green. Yeah. Good looking car. Remember it well. Um, then you've got, uh, you know, you know Will Power, who's always dangerous on a road course and been very consistent this year. You've got guys like um, Pato, uh, who are going to be right there in the mix. You've got Rossi, who is got some really good momentum and dying for a win. So, I mean, this is going to be and then, of course, Colton Herta, who's, uh, you know, when he when he's when he's on, he's on. Yeah, we'll and see which one the, will show up. Which one will show up. But this is the type of circuit that can really uh, favor him. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to see. Uh, this is literally going to be anybody. I, you know, I couldn't even, uh, you know, if I wanted to say, 
to if I wanted to make my fantasy racing picks before first practice of qualifying, I wouldn't even know where to go with it. So, but if I had, if you forced me to say, Frank, pick a winner from mid Ohio, um, I, I'm going to go with Rossi and say he finally gets that winless streak behind him. Um, you know, he's got his contract negotiations behind him. He's got that off his back. He's run great the last two races. Excuse me. He's run great the last two races, despite not being able to translate it into a win. So uh, Rossi for Rossi for me. I'm going to go with another one that is looking to end their draw. You mentioned him already. I'm going to go with Scott Dixon. I think he finally ends this. What is it now? Four push going on 14, almost 14 month winless streak. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been it's a been minute. Last May of Texas. So, yeah, this is the guy who's, <laughs> you know, he's uh, the winningest active driver right now. He keeps moving up the moving up the list there. I don't know that he'll get to the 67 to, to take care of AJ Foyt, but my gosh, he is, uh, he got the stats to be an all time great in mid Ohio, one of his favorite tracks. So, but yeah, Scott has looked a little milder than he used to, but, uh, I, I, you know, that competitive fire is still in him. So Scott's, oh, a yeah, good, I th- Scott's a good, be- good pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be curious because what Joey brought last week is very fascinating. And, Dick, that's something to keep an eye on to see how he fares. But I know that chip on the shoulder is got to be there. It's been over a year since he last won. And, of course, New Garden is the defending mid-Ohio winner and won in a race that he dominated. So it would be curious to see how New Garden will do. But if Dixon capitalizes and makes his claim that he's going to make it difficult for the championship, the only way, the best way Dixon does <laughs> It's going to be an interesting fight for the championship. But if New Garden were to be dominant again and wins, then New Garden is going to be tough to beat for the rest of the year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, New Garden. Another guy you want to probably have a look at would be, um, boy, I just had his name in my head and it went out of my head. But the pot is going to be good. Um, gosh. Oh, Erickson. Yeah, Erickson, say, Erickson who's been solidly consistent. Yeah, I don't know if he'll pull off a win here, right? But another podium for that guy really pads his point, point lead, right? And this is, again, a track that'll favor um, Erickson and his, you know, years of Formula One experience, the nice natural train road course. So, uh, and again, the, the Ganassi team is firing all cylinders, you know, for everybody except for the, the guy that drives a Carvana one. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll we'll see how John we'll see how Johnson does because there's also the thing that that Johnson may be ovals only next year. Yeah, that remains to be seen. Yeah, I, I think uh, he's giving uh, it the, giving it the old school try. Um, I really don't see him as the type of guy that's going to give up, but. Uh, again, you know, who knows it's how just long a matter. Yeah, it's just a matter of how things go, and especially with Carvana as well, because there's also that underwater scenario with them as well. Yeah, yeah. They had to lay off a bunch of workers and stuff, so they, they could be decreasing their support, um, which is imminently possible. But uh, Jimmy's the kind of guy who probably just based on his name recognition alone could could get somebody in there to to go ahead and bankroll his season. But but it's got to be, from his point of view, just frustrating to be every road course to be in the, the bottom quarter of the field and qualifying practice and in the race, you know. So uh, it's got to be really demotivating. Uh, but, but then again, I mean, if he feels better week after week after week and it feels like he's going to gonna reach a, a place where he's going to, be able to contend or if he just feels like he's going to hit a plateau and just be a mid-pack runner that's you know that's what we need to to really think about but you know to his credit he's starting a, a new discipline at, at a, a rather late age in life uh in race car driver years so um but again everyone likes to give him crap but but i applaud the guy for giving it uh the maximum effort that he does yeah and the drivers see it as well like who was it? Was it Rossi or Ray Hall that said somewhere the lines? And it kind of shows the difficult nature of transitioning from 
heavy cars to much lighter, which is normally the opposite. The opposite for some of those that are moving to one discipline or the other, they go from a lighter to heavier rather than heavy than light. Yeah, yeah. Well, they say on an oval, it's easier to move from the heavier car to the lighter car, but road course is a different story. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, and I think, you know, Jimmy's still trying to drive that uh, like a NASCAR machine, and he's really not. Uh, you know, it's like reminds me of the line in uh, the uh, the cowbell sketch from Saturday Night Live, where he says, "Take that cowbell and explore the studio space." I don't think that uh, Jimmy's exploring all the studio space with this car. So <laughs> if that's not the most ridiculous thing to end the show on, I don't know what is. But <laughs> so, uh, Louise, you got a final thought for the night? It would be curious to see how staff uh, briefly mentioned about SRX. You'd be curious how Tony's dad talk with the competitors will go because as much as Tony was thrilled of winning, he was not happy with the overall product that be with all that beef laced madness that even Mikey was angry about. So we'll see how Stafford goes because we'll see how it goes. Let's just put yeah, it yeah. So yeah, just to kind of just add some context there. Yeah. So yeah, Tony was really heated after one of the heat races and, and actually kind of grabbed uh, Ernie Francis by the driver's uniform shook him a little bit and gave him the finger in the face. But then 10 minutes later, they're they're slapping each other's back, smiling and laughing. So I wonder how much of that is for television. Yeah, being but there's so being, being being how Tony is is the you know owner and promoter of the series, or if that's just uh uh Tony's modus operandi where he just he gets mad as hell but then gets over real quick. But he was not happy with the damaged cars because it's remember it's the six week series. Yeah. So the, the because you have Paul Tracy's car de- compromised, Michael Walters compromised, Ryan I think Ryan Hunter Ray as well. So you had well, well. Many- see now, Michael Waltrip. I mean, he went out of his way to get back at Ryan Hunter Ray and tore up both the cars. Yeah, it's the most angry we've seen Mikey since his battles with Jeff Green in two thousand five. Yeah, but I mean, that's just honestly, that's in my mind. Yeah, you can. But that was he just he just leaned right on Ryan Hunter Ray all the way around the lap toward the sides of both cars and towards the toward the front end off of uh, Hunter Ray's car. Yeah, mind you, Hunter Ray didn't make any friends, but good Lord. I mean, Waltrip, what are you thinking? Right. Uh, other yeah. than getting your name on television and then saying, well, I won't be having a beer with him. I'm like, well, well yeah. whatever. I- yeah, it's like with with Marco, I just like Marco had a great run until Biffle got bombed and decided to try to dive bomb Biffle. And that didn't work out too well for Marco. He had his he had the best showing showing in SRX, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, Marco would look really good. Yeah, he didn't have the result to back it up. But yeah, that uh, that middle heat race or, or that or the beginning the main of the, event, the beginning of the feature. Yeah, he was uh, he was really good. He was solid. Yeah, I think Marco yeah. is since he's you know, step back from full-time indie. Show no remorse on Tony, which was really fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I think Marco was just enjoying himself, enjoying mm-hmm. his life uh, so much more. I mean, you could, you could see it in his face that he just, he's got less. Um, does it doesn't feel like he has the weight of the world hanging over his shoulders. He's just getting out and having fun. And again, like I say, he won one of these things last year, which was which was great for him because he hasn't actually, you know, seen a checker flag uh, since 2011 prior to winning that SRX last year. So I think Marco is really having a blast. Uh, some of these other guys like Michael Waltrip or Paul Tracy, who are kind of uh, or even Hunter Ray to a certain extent, who are really kind of languishing in the back in the midfield and getting angry with everybody else, you know? Yeah. And then Newman is just breath of fresh air energy so far. Yeah. Newman. Yeah. Newman's having a good time too. Again, he's, he's got that whole weight of the, you know, of 40 race NASCAR season off his, off his back. He can just get out race when he wants to have a good time, spend time with his, uh, with his children. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and that's uh, the competitive uh, yeah. nature in him. He, he, his mindset, he wants to be something competitive and that's kind of, and right now a couple of, there aren't any competitive rights to where they could show his worth because it's the last few years, let's face it. He didn't have the best results. So we'll see 
be curious to see how Newman does going forward because he's currently the SRX championship leader after two rounds. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah. And then, of course, my favorite moment of the SRX was Elio spinning Paul Tracy oh, yeah. out, of, out of the lead in, in one of the heat races. And then uh, that, and Tracy, that. Tracy making the comment. This guy just loves to steal wins from me. I'm like, oh, my God, give it a rest. <laughs> give it a rest, PT. So uh, but uh, we'll end the show on that note there. But uh, yeah, thanks for bringing up the SRX race because I did have a chance to watch that. And I had a lot of fun watching it. And if you folks aren't watching it, I mean, tune on in. It's it's, it's just fun. You know what I mean? So but uh, Louise, I want to thank you. I want to thank Richard. Richard, I hope you have a safe trip heading out to the U.K., uh, I want to thank uh, Mark Dill and Dan Blay, our sponsors. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network. I want to thank iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. But certainly, I want to thank you folks who listen to us every week. But until next week, good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.